I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter a radio studio and talk about his money. I can attest to the truth of this lesson, having spent a lot of time recently trying to persuade super-wealthy Brits to be interviewed on air about their attitude towards their riches. I wanted to find out how the possession of a fortune changes lives, relationships, values and shopping habits. My theory is that it is surprisingly hard to be good at having money, harder than acquiring it in the first place. Maybe it's recession, which has made money extra unmentionable. Maybe it's a British thing. But for months, the producers on the show struggled. They have no difficulty getting people to talk publicly about their sex change operations, divorces, mental breakdowns and other weird compulsions. But wealth? No thank you. Eventually, after a couple of hundred refusals, three people were brave enough to give it a go. The idea for the series came to me at a dinner last summer when I was talking to an entrepreneur who had made 400 million quid but who was dressed top to toe in worn-out Marks and Spencer. When I asked how he spent his money, he said that as well as giving a lot to charity, he had helped pay his nephews and nieces' school fees but that his siblings were as resentful as they were grateful. Despite his skill at making money, he didn't seem terribly good at having it. Or rather... His way of having it was to pretend he didn't, which I found both admirable and a bit of a waste. So what constitutes being good at having money? Each of my three interviewees had quite different experiences of riches, which perhaps isn't surprising, as being rich gives you choices. To misquote Tolstoy, the poor are all alike, but the rich are rich in their own way. The first, a woman entrepreneur, was like my dinner companion, but more so. She was so unhappy about her fortune, she would only talk about it on the radio if we didn't name her. The rich, she'd been brought up to believe, weren't very nice. And so when she discovered she'd joined their ranks after her company was floated, she feared her friends, and in particular the man she'd recently met who was on an average wage, would look at her differently. She said she's now made her peace with her money by learning how to give it away effectively, but still finds that people who know how rich she is treat her oddly, with more deference, but with less interest in her views than those who don't. The next man was better with his money in that he evidently enjoyed it. He deliberately set out to make a pile. Having done so, he found life with a Maserati and an aeroplane jollier than life without such things. But he wasn't satisfied. He wanted to climb further up the rich list to create more jobs for others and to buy a bigger plane for himself. The third man had inherited part of a vast fortune from his father. He'd always been rich and been a great donor to the arts. But when I asked if his money had isolated him, he said he probably would have been isolated anyway. And when I asked about what his money had done for his children, he made a face and didn't want to go into that. 
The only thing linking these three super-rich people is that all of them protested when I applied the term to them. It doesn't matter that they were among the thousand richest people in the country. None of them saw themselves that way. This may be because when assessing our wealth, we all tend to look up rather than down. However rich you are, there's someone richer. When you're taxiing your private aeroplane into its parking place, so long as the one next to you is bigger than yours, then you aren't so rich after all. Now that I think of it, I'm guilty of this too. I don't ever describe myself as rich because I see people who are so much richer. But as I'm probably in the top couple of percentage points in the country, that really makes me loaded. And so how do I feel about my money? Making this programme has made me think about what the perfect amount of money is, and I may be close to it. It means having enough not to worry about paying for emergencies, but not so much that you fret about having to give it away or worry that your children will marry gold diggers. I've realised I don't mind talking about money. What I do mind is thinking about it. The poor have to think about it all the time, as do the super-rich. For me, the perfect amount of money is when you hardly have to think about it at all. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.